Hello, welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 123. We are the proudest member of the Dumbass Media Network. Joining me this evening, Terry. Hey, everybody. And Mac. Hey, folks. Ian. Good evening. And the dumbass himself. I think the tendency to put the suffix gate at the end of big revelations is a conspiracy. I'm blowing <laughs> this wide open and I'm calling it gate gate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how is everybody doing? Great, great. Great, yeah, great. Doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I am moderately neato, Gate. <laughs> Anybody nice. have anything fun going on that we need to know about? Uh, it is the holiday season of crazy. Yes. Right well, when, <laughs> when all of the uh, events at kids' schools and office parties and stuff converge in like a two-day time span. Well, you know, this is the um, we're 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 starting the uh, um, war on Christmas. War on Christmas propaganda. You know, it, yeah. it it is coming out of the gate with. Are, are uh, you are you guys getting ready to wage this war on Christmas? What, what war on Christmas? The only people <laughs> with the with the with the like the only people fighting the war on Christmas are are the on the other side. <laughs> it's like. But- Basically, it's, it's, I, I think the war on Christmas is anyone who covers their ears when they enter a Walmart because the music is starting to slowly rot their brains. Do you? Do any of you listen to the um, uh, David Smalley's podcast, Dogma Debates? The, the, they I had, do occasionally. They yeah. had so they had a crazy song on there, and the song is a Christmas song, and it sounds like you know, okay, you know. And then it says, but it says if they don't say Christmas, you don't go in that store. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. If they don't, if so, so if they're not going to say Merry Christmas, will you walk right back out that door? That's cool. You know, I just, I, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, I saw some bullshit like that from a cousin on Facebook too. Like, you know, fuck you if you don't say Merry Christmas. You know, it's like you say Happy Holidays, you say whatever you say. Sometimes I say Christmas. You know, I, I, I could kind of understand if people were getting upset. At people saying Merry Christmas, but there's nobody getting upset because somebody no, has said Merry Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. And, that, and that's fine too. But these, these, some of these places have decided to be more inclusive, I guess, and say Happy Holidays. And, and that's fine. Yeah. yeah. They're not saying, there's not saying, they're not saying there's anything wrong with saying Merry Christmas. There, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where this comes from. I don't know. They're, they're just choosing to use another term. I think, I think Walmart is one of the big offenders, you know, with saying Happy Holidays as opposed to Merry Christmas. But they, hey, by um, the way, Christians, Jesus was uh, almost definitely not born on December 25th. <laughs> right. Well, well, Walmart started playing Christmas music right after Halloween. <laughs> so well, I saw a hilarious joke that I hope to maybe, God is a joke that Michelle Bachman allegedly on a Rush Limbaugh episode claimed that um, Jesus celebrated Christmas and Mary decorated the tree. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That might have been just a joke, I suppose. I'm hoping it was. Well, just I don't. A joke. I don't know. I thought it was Walmart, but if it's one not Walmart, I apologize. They can say whatever they want, but I think it's funny. Kirk Cameron, you know, saying oh. that that the that the atheists are lying. That Christmas came first, and they added the pagan stuff later. <laughs> well, you heard all stuff on his movie, didn't you? We should review his movie you, after well, it comes out on Netflix, though. I don't want to pay. For he, it. Yeah, I don't he went out and begged for um, all his fans to give him good reviews, and that oh, backlash yeah. with um, the mock reviews like mad. Because you cannot do that on social media, because yeah. the trolls will come out. <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, so his reviews on Rotten Tomato, it's extremely tanked. But here's the thing: is that um, I don't know what what are they at now? I mean, th- there's there's the there's there's the 
community reviews and then there's the what the the like the reviewers and they rate it too so you can't adjust that one what uh, what does it say right now does anybody have that up i don't have rotten tomatoes i think he's last on internet movie database though yeah Yeah, one of them he's bottom the worst movie of all time officially so yeah so that i think it would be fun for us to to watch this movie we should get together to watch it though oh that would be hilarious that'd be great we had recorded then yeah, that would be well, fun. As we're watching, as we're watching it, have, make a recording. Yeah, we could do that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I, so Roku just found the coolest six pack of beer ever. It's called Festus Rotgut, and it acts, uh, if you buy a six pack of it, each bottle has part of a comic strip on it, and the six together tell a complete story. Apparently, okay. Who's who's who makes the beer? Uh, Arcade. And is it an IPA? What is it? Uh, the black wheat ale. It's a rat gut. That might be okay. <laughs> so it's like, I maybe I've turned this one down. It sounds cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we've put it off for long enough. It's time for the masturbation moment. <laughs> The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. So, I'm going to begin. You are. I'll introduce this first section. Last episode, we covered a story about a pastor who allegedly had the unmarried women in his congregation disrobe and then kneel in the surf while he magic kissed their asses so they would find husbands. You guys remember that? Uh, that nope. doesn't ring no. a bell at all. doesn't ring a bell at all. I, yeah. <laughs> did something like that happen? I, is there a picture? I, I don't. <laughs> anyway, we weren't sure about the credibility of the original article, so we decided to caption the photo ourselves. And here's what I think happened, and then the rest of you all can um, tell what you think really happened. So here's my write-up. All right. In, in breaking news today, Pastor James Manning of the Atla Church in Harlem provided proof that Starbucks does, in fact, put sodomite semen in their lattes. When asked about the mechanism of harvesting vast quantities of semen, Pastor Manning Ooh. ordered all of the women in his congregation to disrobe and kneel on all fours in the surf. He then demonstrated analingus on each of them at length in order to show how Starbucks harvests the semen. The men watching Pastor Manning's demonstration did, in <laughs> fact, produce semen. <laughs> we have we also have a quote from Pastor Manning. <clears throat> now I'm not a sodomite because as you can clearly see I only toss the salad with the ladies. But that's exactly how Starbucks gets the sodomite semen for their lattes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, okay. <clears throat> Mine is not so long or so eloquent. I'm going to go ahead and do it. So, I have a title. Anti-beached whale ritual. To prevent whales from beaching on sand, women strip down and get on all fours to create a perimeter along the beach. Men lovingly reinforce from behind. (laughs) 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 All right. All right. Uh, Go ahead, dumbass. All right. Mine is just just a little quote. Ah, yes. This is a fine vintage. 1980, I believe. No, wait. Sorry, uh, 1979, if I'm not mistaken. There are some overtones of apple tart, quince paste, brown spices, and glow with a hint of orange peel. Sanguine accent on the muscular tannic finish. Very nice indeed. Now let me cleanse my palace before... 
let me cleanse my palate before moving on to the next one. <laughs> All right. So we have our, our we we know what the bouquet is now. <laughs> Ian, I've been racking my brains, but haven't been able to come up with one. Sorry, well, that, Mac that... had one though, I think. Yeah, Mac. Okay. Oh, I, 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 the what you guys came up with is charming fiction. Don't don't get me wrong, but I found <laughs> what the actual deal was on that. <laughs> He's okay. an ass whisperer. <laughs> the art of the asquis the art of the asquisper is an ancient and honorable oral tradition the asquis the asquisper can tell why an ass is skittish or why it behaves the way it does however when an asquisper speaks to as many asses as this man did he just ends up a horse whisperer <laughs> i like it so i i think though that uh because one person didn't uh, didn't do their homework that, that, that this requires some, um, um he, somebody is going to have to uh, redeem themselves. Okay, I'll find a way. <laughs> Although, just for the record, I did look up Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. Okay, it good. has a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twelve reviews, all of them rotten, and of the audience, it's only thirty-two percent. So, oh, so the critic <laughs> reviews are zero. Wow. Audience at least got to 32%. So. Wow. <laughs> well, guys, I had fun with the captioning thing. I thought that was, I thought that was enjoyable. I'm glad that we did that. I did too. That was really fun. All right. So I was, um, I was listening to a, uh, a comedian and, uh, I'll definitely in- include that clip, uh, Eugene, um, Merman. Merman. Oh, he's hilarious. Yes. And so he say, so he does these things where he'll do stuff for cities, you know, at, you know, kind of slogans for cities. And for Austin, it was Austin, Texas. Come here for the music. Stay for our weird anti dildo laws. To which made me think, what dildo laws? So, so they, uh, they used to have a law, but this was overturned, um, in 2008, where, um, I guess the, in my reading, I found that I, it said that no one could own more than six. But the way that I, it seems like the law actually reads is that you weren't allowed to sell any dildos that looked like actual phalluses, but you could have like this, the, the kind of the standard bullet dildo, I guess that, and you, but, um, a retailer could have no more than six of them in their shop. A retailer could only have six. That's what, yeah, that's what one of these articles, um, makes it sound like. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, and I didn't quote exactly where I got that from, but it's the bottom article in the show notes. Oh. Um, that article had, had a little bit more information. But everywhere else you read it, it sounds like you can't own more than six. But the fact of the matter is, is that you could sell them, but they but they couldn't look like phalluses. And even then, uh, you could only sell six of them. And so, that, so this was um, uh, overturned, but the state appealed it. And, and of course, I don't have any information about the appeal. So I, I, I assume it went nowhere. Um, but of course, this was, uh, you but know. They didn't have anything better to do. Well, they were, they were protecting people. Yeah. Yeah. From dildos. From dildos. And actually, one of the, one of the quotes in here that I really wanted to include. You can sell all the damn guns you want. But well, that's what I was going to say. And they don't look like phalluses. Uh, I was looking well, there was... of course, Arizona, no more than two dildos in the same house, which definitely would be uh, an interesting policing job. Well, that was Arizona. 
I, I, how do you enforce that? It's like, ma'am, um, we have a report that you um, have more than two dildos. Uh, we're going to have to search your um, underwear drawer. <laughs> right? Go right ahead. That's not where I keep my dildos. You just have to learn how to get <laughs> off with guns, I guess. <laughs> I'd like to know why Oklahoma had to institute a law. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so bar owners must not allow simulated animal sex. What <laughs> right, precipitated like, this becoming a law? Probably someone getting too frisky with the electric bull. <laughs> it, the mechanical bull. I, I, I personally like North Carolina. You cannot pretend to be married to share a hotel room. Which means well, that they must have a law saying that unless you're married, you can't share can't a hotel room. Well, no, basically, you, you just admit it. We're not married. We're here just to have a one-night stand. That's apparently perfectly legal. Uh, apparently. How about how about this one? Um, Hardon Township, which was a mistake to begin with. New Jersey, flirting is illegal in Hardon. <laughs> unless I'm saying it wrong. Well, yeah. no, oh, no, no it's R, but close enough. It, there's no R. There's no R. Like I apologize. It's, it's, I think we just go with it. I think we just go with it, right? You know, if somebody wants to correct us, we'll ignore you. <laughs> I was saying uh, pre-show that I grew up hearing the Utah law that you can't marry your first cousin. I didn't realize there was an age limit on it. After 65, you're good to go. Yeah, apparently. Huh. I guess that's kind of an anti-procreation thing, really, right? <laughs> right. Although, really, you don't yeah. need to be you don't you don't need to be married to have sex, so. True. There's no law against having sex with your cousin. Here, how about this one? Utah, Wa- there probably yeah. is. Washington, giving a sex worker a ride, ride to work, lose your car. <laughs> There's got to be a story there, right? Well, wow, like California, yeah. no selling booby pillows within 1,000 feet of a highway. <laughs> what? What are booby pillows? Well, that's what my wife said. We haven't figured it out yet. Is it uh, silicone breast implants or what? You're right, exactly. <laughs> booby pillows. I assume it's a pillow shaped like a booby. Well, that would make too much sense. <laughs> uh, that That's the easy answer. Be a little more creative for me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting. A pillow for your boobies? Oh, like to prop them up. Yeah. Okay. All right. So all a right, shelf, a booby shelf. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Isn't that a brassiere? Uh, once again, the It'll easy be softer answer. Than a That's right. And Regretfully, so- I found the actual uh, an article on the actual one, and it does say, um, "Okay, uh, seller offer to sell upholstered or stuffed articles depicting, simulating, or caricaturing female breasts from vending such articles at sites adjacent to or near county highways." Why? Why highways? Cause accidents. Originally by Dalton Tilton, have no recourse but to. Oh, I, I guess they're trying to say that uh, you kids might see them in the store windows. Because they won't what? see them on the store windows in the smaller streets near their schools? I guess. Uh, yeah. well, in Michigan, you can get five years in prison for seducing an unmarried woman. So I guess just... So seduce what? married women. Right, and preserve the virginity of the unmarried women. But not in New York. Uh, you're, you're, not, you're not allowed to get yourself a wife, I guess. I mean... <laughs> It, but in New York, adultery is illegal. So, so we have opposing ideas there. Dang it! Yeah. <laughs> in Iowa, kisses may last for no longer than five minutes. Now, is that in the privacy of your own home or in public? I'd like to know how people breathe. <laughs> I guess I'm a shitty kisser because I can't. Five minutes, man. That's I've got other stuff to do. Through the nose. Through the nose. <laughs> There's not enough air. <laughs> 
I wonder when this became a problem. They're like, oh, they're standing there kissing for hours. Blocking traffic. What the hell? I've been at weddings before where I'm looking at my watch when the bridegroom kiss. I'm like, people. Come how about on. how about Nebraska, where you can get you can't get married if you have gonorrhea? Who's well, checking? <laughs> Who's checking? Well, do you have? Get- a marriage license, you have to do an STD check. No, yeah, you I was don't. just wondering that. Not yeah. anymore. I don't think you do in a, do you in Nebraska still? Well, if they're going to enforce that law, they kind of have to. I'm trying to remember if we did for Colorado. Uh, we didn't. Did you? Jen and I didn't. Yeah, well, I and know. you and, and neither in Ian didn't, Mac didn't. They don't require a blood test anymore. I wonder when that went away. Because I think my parents did. Of course. Maybe, maybe I required a blood test before I slept with my husband. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Now, now, here's an well, interesting different. one. Future in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, fortune tellers can, <laughs> can't use their powers to settle lovers' quarrels. <laughs> All right, then. You know, that puts a real hamper on... I thought that said can it, but no, they can't no, they use can't. their powers to settle yeah. lover, lovers' quarrels. So what do all those voodoo priestesses do all day? Well, I thought these were fun. Um, these are hilarious, yeah. Right, but the only one that I really looked into, of course, were the, were the dildo laws, and and he makes a statement somewhere about the um, uh, oh here it is. Um, the state argues uh, the state's argument is that of moral majority types, says Kinsley, and Kinsley was um, I think he owned the shop. Um, if we let people buy these devices. The next thing you know, prostitution w- prostitutes will be available on every street corner for sale to our children. <laughs> Which what? that seems like a false yeah. dilemma. Well, that's what he's. I think that Kinsley, if I read this right, that's what Kinsley is saying that the moral majority's argument is. Which is, is funny because we're talking about sex toys, right? We're talking about vibrators. We're talking about more more people at home getting themselves off and less need for prostitutes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and well, yeah, but see that—that's the thing, you know. Children won't be able to buy dildo, so they're going to have to go out and get their sex from the uh, prostitutes. But here's the thing: is that even if we're talking about prostitution, you still got to be of the age of consent, which means eighteen, right? So you're still better Although off. Prostitution you know. still isn't legal in the states, though. So in most states, yeah, yeah. There's ways so, around. Yeah, so it's. It's still, I guess, they're, are, they, are they arguing that it's going to be legal prostitution or illegal prostitutes will be there and they'll be like, hey, kitty. Which they already are. Uh, there are there are already tr- prostitutes seducing children? Not enough. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I imagine not because you know, they don't have any money. <laughs> you know, yeah. A little bit of a lack of uh, cash flow for the for the prostitute for it to be worth their while, really. That's right. It's two hundred dollars, <laughs> baby. What, what can I get for five? Yeah. <laughs> I know when I was that age, I didn't have a lot of spare cash floating around for prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had to save up for your prostitute. <laughs> Apparently, you know what? You know, what? and that makes a lot of sense because you know, I saved if, up this two hundred dollars for. Like a year. It's a it's of a lot chores. It's a lot more I'm getting myself a prostitute. <laughs> it's a lot more meaningful if you save the money yourself. Yes. <laughs> I like this line in the article. The majority of sex toy consumers are women, and the ban on their sale is often seen by those in the industry as anti female and anti enjoyment of sex. True that. So yeah, we're no. saying that women are supposed to enjoy sex. 
Uh, I, in my opinion, yeah, but, you know, banning the sale of sex toys, you know, impacts women more than men. So it gets back to that whole policing of women's sexuality thing. So what if we just ban the sale of prostitutes? There you go. Oh, wait, don't we already do that? Oh, yeah, we already have that law. I care about my partner's pleasure. That seems like it would require actual work on my part. It's a lot of of effort. Chase that elusive unicorn for her. (laughs) (laughs) Double rainbow. (laughs) Double dream hands. (laughs) Uh, All right. Anyway, so take those laws with a grain of salt. They, they, they They probably were at least true at one time, but like, like, the uh, Texas one has been overturned. And I, I'm imagining that since, you know, it's been what, six years, they probably didn't get that reinstated. So I, I imagine they lost their appeal or didn't move forward with it. Probably. But you know what? They were only trying to protect the decency of their citizens. And not let their children get subdu- uh, uh, seduced by uh, prostitutes. Exactly. So. Uh, they have legalized gay marriage in Finland. Awesome. Uh, the Finnish parliament, um, they, they had a vote in, uh, I forget what the numbers were, but they, they had a vote in parliament. Um, 105 were for the measure, while 92 were opposed. So, I mean, it's not quite the numbers that I would want, but it's enough for a majority. Um, but the repercussions of this, actually not of this particularly, but the repercussions of the archbishop who came out in support of the of the law, um, they say that uh, 7,800 people have resigned from the Lutheran Church. Wow. No, I thought that the Finnish, I thought Finland was more secular. I did um, too. I'm surprised this yeah. wasn't legal. And you know, of course, another re- uh, repercussion of it is uh, bestiality and child sex. Right, exactly. Um. It says over 70% of Finland's Finland's population is officially uh, registered to the Lutheran Church. So, I wonder if they have like a state religion like uh, It's very it's very likely that they do. And here's the thing is that if I I'm pretty sure that tax money goes to them if you are registered with them. So this could potentially impact the finances of the Lutheran Church. Now, realistically 7,000 people or eight, even eight thousand isn't a lot. Isn't isn't really enough to uh, uh, to probably impact their finances that much. But it, it, I guess it's just interesting to to see where this will go. And it's also interesting that the, that their uh, that their archbishop um, endorsed endorsed this. Unless I'm reading it wrong. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what's the what's the approximate population of Finland? I you know I don't know. If if you know you've got the approximate population of Finland, seventy percent of them are members of the Lutheran Church. Eight thousand people is pretty much a drop in the bucket. That's what I'm saying. So it seems to me that this is something that really is getting pretty much overwhelming support most places. Now, is "drop in the bucket" a euphemism? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So I get five point four three million in Finland. Okay. Um. Let's see what the Archbishop says. I know how much this day means for the rainbow people. Uh, their <laughs> the loved, rainbow people. The loved ones and, and many others. I rejoice with them wholeheartedly. I, uh, I, I, wait, I rejoice. I rejoice with my whole heart for them and with them, the Archbishop said. So he does, he does support this. And I, and I, I, I wonder. I love what, that the rainbow people. The rainbow people. <laughs> <laughs> Come
Come to me, rainbow people. <laughs> you know, there are actual, there's a group called the Let's rainbow family. Let's implement our agenda. The rainbow family? I, I don't know. Do you, no, I do know. There's a rainbow family. They're like a band of merry hippies that travel around the U.S., I think, mostly U.S., um, in like vans, and they do like an annual rainbow family gathering in forest service areas. So that's not the rainbow people that he's talking about, though. I don't think. Probably not. So he also goes on to say, uh, we are in the same situation as our neighbors and our, in our neighboring Nordic church churches. Our concept of marriage needs to fundamentally ex- fundamental examination needs a fundamental examination. Speaking for myself, I think it is time for reconsolidation. Reconsolidation. Yeah. Reconsideration. Sorry. Oh, reconsideration. I was going to say reconsolidation. Yeah. Sounds like that's somebody who's talking yeah, about no, joining the Catholic yeah. Church. So, yeah. So. I think the Lutherans have been gone for a little while. <laughs> yes. I think it is time for reconsideration is what he said. Yeah. So I, I put that in there for our victors for common sense because it wasn't just the state. You know, it's, it, and if, and if it is, and if the church is 70% of, of the Finnish population, you know, that's, that's pretty substantial. Yeah. And, and you're right. Uh, 8,000 is a drop in the bucket, I'm sure, of the population. So it's kind of, it's almost an unstory other than the fact that it, it's good that, you know, instead of coming out and being the bigots that we normally know from fundamentalists that he embraced it. So I was pleased. And, and, and of course, there was another reason for you mentioning this story. Brian, we have an announcement to make. Yes, we do. We, we are going to Finland <laughs> and we are going to get gay married. Brian, I, I love you. Will you be my bride? I, I will be your bride. Aww, oh. yay. Yeah, I just need to let my wife know. But, you know, let me, uh, let me that take an uh, exception to one term here, though. You said that, uh, you said that you're used to fundamentalists being bigots and this guy is showing something other. It seems to me that he's showing something other than being a fundamentalist. Well, you're probably right. He, you're, yeah, you're good probably, point. yeah, you're probably exactly right. But we, and when I say that, the stories that we cover are typically Brian Fisher, you know, and, and these guys telling us that how gay marriage is destroying the country. So it's, it's nice to have an archbishop, somebody of an, an authority, Saying, yeah, we need to we need to re reexamine our 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 philosophy of marriage, and of course, there's some garbage down here about you know God giving us marriage and yada yada yada. But you know that what the what the what the people against her are saying. But it's nothing we haven't heard before. This is this is more unique. Yeah, it's refreshing. Absolutely. All right, are we ready for the meat of this thing? Sure. Let's go. All right, okay. Ian. Are there any particular ones you guys want to make sure we cover? I really want to get touch upon the Anna Kendrick thing. I'm interested. Well, in that. we're gonna that one. We're definitely yeah, gonna we'll cover it, but at the end, one. we'll finish with that one. But of the four before that, well, start with the alien conspiracy because you know that's okay. like the the well, most yeah. relevant. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so basically, um, what we're gonna cover is conspiracy theories. One thing we actually never really touch on, but. Definitely something worth. Well, I'm not sure if it's worth looking at, but these, Ian? what? Who put you up to covering these? Mm. Oh, this is Ian's own brain damage. He brought this upon himself. <laughs> Nobody put him up to this. Yes, that's yes, we're think. not connected to any government agency that's telling us to um, uh... debunk these and um, convince everyone that they're not real. Really, seriously. Y- we're not wait, part of some bigger Mac, conspiracy. you're not talking about those people that you know send us that check, are you? I'm not talking hey. about anything to do with checks. Okay, okay, good. I saw a black helicopter today. Oh, did you? <laughs> so the, the first one I put on there is probably the most 
a recent one because it um, deals with the news that is happening. The um, Flea Comet Lander Alien Cover-Up Conspiracy Theories. So not too surprising that, you know, any time something interesting happens scientifically, the conspiracy theorists come out and, and start trying to make it into something far more than it is. Everybody knows that scientists cover stuff up. That's what scientists do. That's right. Otherwise, people would finally admit that vaccines cause autism. Exactly. <laughs> now, according to UFO sightings daily... According to UFO sightingdaily.com, do not think for one moment that a space agency would suddenly decide to spend billions of dollars to build and send a spacecraft on a 12-year journey to simply some close-up images of a randomly picked out comet floating in space. Mm-hmm. Which is quite interesting because that's more or less what the um, Stacy's love to do is to get out there and take pictures and samples and, you know, do stuff on objects out in space because that's actually pretty cool here's the thing here is the thing is anything but random that's the part that kills me about this is that this comet was specifically picked out for this mission because you know because of timing reasons and and you know and there was a whole bunch of considerations none of this was random including the fact that it was actually like an alien machine (laughs) right exactly was to believe apparently Uh, apparently according to them 20 years ago nasa began detecting radio bursts from an unknown origin out in space. It would later be known that these had liked the direction of now named 67P. It does show signs of its outside, of machine-like parts and unnatural terrain. Whatever this object is, it did not ask to be found or scrutinized. Machine-like parts, I wonder what that means, like giant gears on the outside of it turning? <laughs> it was unnatural looking. What does what unnatural looking look like? It looks unnatural, damn it. Uh, right. It's a clockwork comet. <clears throat> it, yeah. <laughs> Contributor Scout Warren also said he believed that the signals being emitted from the comet were a greeting to humans. If it was a warning, they would not allow the ESA craft to have landed. I believe the landing of the ESA craft was the equivalent of a first handshake. Wait a minute. They will hold make on, another hold move on. soon. Did it not want to? Did it not ask to be found, or was it greeting us? Because those are mutually exclusive. Once <laughs> more, we're dealing with conspiracy theorists, so them actually making sense and being coherent doesn't um, necessarily apply. Here's the here's the other thing, though: is if that's true, why didn't the aliens help the lander land instead of letting it bounce into a crevice? Exactly. Yeah. Sense of humor. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Okay. Okay. So they got his. I can respect that. It's all part of their master plan, Brian. Right. Well, please go on and enlighten me. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Scott Warren professed that, in my opinion, this is not a code. It is how a, speci- a species of aliens communicate to one another without speaking. A form of telepathy put into primitive radio signals. It's the only way this species can communicate to us. This is their thoughts. They don't talk. Then he added, getting a copy of a full message and then translating it should be of utter importance. Is it a message of greeting or is it a warning of what's to come? We, the right, people so, of the world, need to find out. Uh, he, nothing to base that on other than pure speculation, radio signals, therefore thought transmission? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I think I know actually what it is, and it's the perfect brownie recipe. <laughs> and I think it's of utmost importance that this thing get translated. Yeah, because, I, you know, I agree. I want to taste the perfect brownie. <laughs> is, it a, is it a greeting or is it a warning of what's to come? <laughs> are, are they warning us that they're going to attack us? 
because that's generally been known to be not good tactically. Well, considering <laughs> how big th- this um, comet is, I mean, I- I've seen some of the sides um, comparisons. It's bigger than most cities. So, you know, if, if this is an alien ship heading for us, it's you know impressive. You know, there's a simple answer to any alien attack. You nuke it. Independence Day. The Avengers. Mars attacks. Pacific Rim. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mars attacks. They used a vacuum and sucked it up. (laughs) They said specifically that it was sending out a welcome message, right? Did anybody consider that this was a Trojan? That was earlier in their conspiracy. The conspiracy has evolved since then. Okay, I'm sorry. I missed it. I must have. You know, you were, you, that's so five minutes ago. You know what? I'll tell you what. You know, you guys keep talking. This maker's mark is not going to drink itself. <laughs> so, and this is what troubles me. We get, we do something extraordinary like this. So, something, you know, really awesome. We're, we're learning more about our universe. And instead of really appreciating the science behind it, we have all these jackasses who decide to turn it into some really bad sci-fi story that doesn't make any sense. Unless you've got something more than radio transmit uh, radio signals, therefore thought transmission, well, I, I don't know that it'll catch on too far. Here's yeah. the thing: is that I mean, what kind of radio signals were they? It doesn't say. That, apparently, there is something about a mystery song that has been um, emitting, but that doesn't mean anything. Oh, well, there there is a video. Maybe we should. I should have watched the video. Maybe I would have understood. The only video I see is a car commercial, it looks like. What is this? What is this? No, it's this published video showing uh, brand new high-res images. September 16th, Oh, wait. What do I got here? Looking at the comet 67P, an image taken five days ago from the Rosetta spacecraft. It's getting closer each day. The mission has been in space for 12 years almost now. 20 years ago is when it was started to be planned. Think about that. 20 years ago, been in space, and they actually lost contact with it at one time. But, guys, I'm going to read an email that came out a while back. This is going to be good. Check this out. There's something flying across the surface. These are brand-new high-res images from the European Space Agency. I have them, and I will link them. These had, these are not images from the web, as from some website. I will, again, give you the link. You can go to European Space Agency, download and click on high-res when you do it. There's a couple problems here. If you remember a month ago, for you guys that have been tracking the Rosetta mission, suddenly something we've been telling scientists for years and years, and they already knew as we look at this particular section of the comet also, appears to be a top. We'll, we'll include this. I mean, it, it's. I imagine it's going to go on droning like this forever and, and give a whole bunch of, I mean, ultimately we have to send this to... Um, um, Robbins, um, Stuart Robbins, Stuart Robbins, and 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 let him and let him take this on because <laughs> you know you the, I mean what they're gonna do is gonna be at such a level that you, the only way to debunk it is you know with with a real scientist. So you know what? Maybe we'll send this to Stuart Robbins, and and I'm sure he'll do a podcast on it and take care of it for us. <laughs> you left me hanging you know, though. What have you? What has he been telling scientists I, for years? I don't know. You want me to? Do, do we want to find out? Should we <laughs> go back to this? I would <laughs> actually like to see if we could get an expert on to talk about this. You know, somebody like Stan Romanek. <laughs> Stan Romanek, exactly right. <laughs> Hold on, let's find it. Let's find out what he's been telling scientists. The problem is that there's some visuals here that you're not getting. So let's let's find out what he's telling, been telling scientists. I'm sure that this is riveting. Hour with this shadow, and it actually looks like a rounded structure to the right of it. 
that does is not as distinguishable as that white disc with the shadow that's flying across that surface. They are not to launch into the ground. <clears throat> in other words, the satellite has a small orbiter attached to the bottom that's going to launch in November and attach itself. They announced yesterday the landing zone. But these images are not normal. Problem is, they're saying it's... Um, 3.5 miles wide as they do all comets. This thing is much bigger than that. <laughs> also, about a month ago, they reported to their surprise, which was a lie, that there was no ice. They expected this thing to be have be covered in ice instead of a big dust rock. But we've been talking about this for a long time. It's not an ice event. What you've got is a different variety of metals that travel through space and pick up, just like you pick up static electricity when you walk across a carpet. And when it gets close to the sun, the opposite polarity, this thing starts discharging. This one is not discharging. They, and again, they were not surprised at all, but they did a whole article that they uh, were, scientists were baffled, no ice. I'm sure they weren't baffled. They always <clears throat> say the scientists were baffled when, when they want to try and, you know, is that actually? I mean, like comets have a tail. That's that. That's uh, how they're known as comets, right? Well, I mean, here's the thing: is that if it is covered in dust, at some point it's going to get close enough to the sun, right? I mean, there's. Pro I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking at. Reverse that's polarity. Well, there is some issues with with the with the the polarity and 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 so the way that the tail is coming off. The, those particles get ionized. So, so it does have a tail. I don't know. I thought it did, but I was just listening. It's not discharging right now. I, I, know, I know, but I was just listening to Stuart talking about it. Uh, I think, was it about this comet or another one? But he was talking about how the comet tail actually will point towards the sun or away from the sun because of the polarity. The comet tail always point away from the right. sun. Right. Yeah. Because, because, because the, yeah, because, because of, you know, the, the particles coming <sighs> at it. Yeah. So, the, so they'll point away from the sun even when they're going away from the sun. So. Yeah, um, I, Stuart Robbins just did a whole thing on comet tails and everything, and I'm sorry I didn't catch it as well as his, but he's covered a lot of this stuff already, debunking a lot of these people's crap. He's yeah, really but and if, if it's not ice and it's not discharging a tail, then the scientists wouldn't think that it was a comet. They would so think it was. I don't, yeah, I don't understand where he's coming from here. Then it's yeah, I don't know. I thought it had a tail. I, I'm not sure what's. I, I'm not sure. And it sounds to me like this guy's trying to infill data that's not in the images, right? Well, but he's they like always, seeing, yeah, it's like zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, and imagining stuff. Well, that's, that's exactly. Not, here's the thing: is that so? They're you know th those videos that they release, you know, are are and then they and then they're high res videos, and then he the stuff the structure he's looking at looks pretty normal to me. It looks like a rocky structure, you know. It's like I I don't know what you're expecting to see. Yeah. Aliens is what he's expecting. Yeah, he's to see. expecting to see aliens. Well, that's I think that's what he's kind of getting at. We'll have to. I mean, so the, all the, the all those videos are linked in this article, and he's got a bunch of them. When I go to that YouTube site, there's a whole bunch of junk there. Yeah, I'll look something up about comets real quick and see if they if the definition they have to have is ice. I think that's comet is an yeah. icy small solar system body. Right. So okay. So generally they're expected to have ice. Although, once more, this is one of those discovery things. That's one thing we may have been believing. If this doesn't have ice, it could change some of our understanding of comments. Yeah, which is fine. But this idea yeah. that the – oh, the scientists were baffled. The scientists are, were never baffled. <laughs> you know, they, they've, all, they've got – I mean, it's just uh, – they always say that. So a couple of articles I pulled up about um, this comet and ice uh, shows like dust-covered ice. Uh Hard surface ice underneath, ice, ice, ice. There's ice there somewhere, dark and icy. 
So just a quick Google search. Uh, well, this is the Wikipedia page. Signs of possible ice. Uh, comet nuclei range from a few hundred meters to tens of kilometers across and are composed of loose collections of ice, dust, and small rocky particles. A uh, few hundred meters to 10 kilometers, that's given a lot bigger range of the 3.5 miles he claimed that they believe all comets have. <laughs> oh, I thought he was claiming that this was much bigger than that. Yeah, well, no, he was claiming that scientists say all comets were 3.5 um, miles approximately. And uh, basically right here, it's giving a much broader range than that. So the idea of it being bigger than 3.5 miles is, you know, not outside of the range of what was given here. You know what? Here's here's um, episodes um, 120 and 121 of the um, Exposing Pseudo-Astronomy podcast, which is Stuart Robbins. He's going through a bunch of stuff on comets right now, and he's looking at James um, McCanny's view of comets. And I don't know if it's James McCanny that we were listening to or not, um, but Stuart has already done a whole bunch of work with this. And so, I mean, he's back to the Planet X conspiracy along with this stuff and Okay, and the comma, basically the tail. The st streams of dust and gas thus released form a huge and extremely thin atmosphere around the comet called a comma, and the force exerted on the comma by the sun's radiation pressure and solar winds caused the enormous tail to form pointing away from the sun. So it, it's not ice particles. It's saying it's actually dust and um, gas that actually makes up the tail. Well, it is, yeah, dust and gas. But so, but the, those gases can be, you know, all sorts of different things. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, usually it would be water steam as the gas, though. Well, I we can write to Stuart and suggest this one to him. I'm sure that I'm sure that this is right up his alley. Yeah, if, if he hasn't, if he isn't, if if he isn't already working on it. <laughs> but if but if it hasn't been on coast to coast, it probably not. That that's kind of his source of uh, of nonsense. He, right. <laughs> is, is that still even on coast to coast? Yeah, yeah, George Snorri, absolutely. It's not Art Bell anymore. It's George Snorri. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's still on. Because Stuart was on it not too long ago. Oh, really? What did he... Awesome. Uh... Wasn't he on... Oh, no. He's been... They kept saying they were going to... He was trying to get on. Maybe they actually never let him. I That's thought, more believable. I thought, he, I thought he did for like a brief moment, but I mean, it was... I think I remember something about um, he called in and... They said they wanted to have him on, but they never got him on. Yeah, that could be true. I forget what happened there. Yeah. But anyway, he's, you know, he's the guy to debunk this stuff. You know, he, he's got the education and the background to do it. And I'm, right. I'm sure he will. You know, that's the problem with the, with a lot of these conspiracies is that the people slinging the nonsense, they don't have to know anything. But, you know, to, but to combat it, you, you've, you've got to have an education. With a lot of this stuff, particularly when we're talking about astronomy and, and, and these types of objects, because there's so much that I that I that is completely out of out of my field. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the things we admit in, in our basic principles of this podcast is we aren't scientists. We're not claiming to be. But right. We're definitely going to look at all this stuff with a very clinical well, let's oh. move on. I want to do one more, and then I think we okay. wrap up with uh, the Anna Kendrick stuff. I, I thought the uh, Statue of Liberty stuff was fascinating. Are we all good with that? Yep. Yeah. Everyone sure. read it? <laughs> well, I read it, but holy mackerel. So so basically it comes down to the Statue of Liberty was based on ISIS, who was a harlot. Is, is that right? So the uh. Statue of Liberty is a prostitute. That's what I got from all of that. <laughs> How'd I do? So I had to cough. We did it off here. Okay. okay. Um, 
Well, okay. First off, I I hope everyone knows the basic origin of the Statue of Liberty being a gift from um, the French for the um, America Centennial. Um, right. And was it made by by masons? Which, because I find that odd. Because it isn't made of stone. It's you know it's, it should no. have been um you know it's made of metal. So, so. the article claims I don't know for you know but the, although not, not a, a Freemason in and of itself isn't necessarily. The Masonic group, you know, we get technical, um, you know, what, who the Masons are, but they're not necessarily all working with stone, you know, especially the more modern Masons. But okay. admittedly, yeah, this is over a hundred years ago, so I don't quite know what the Masons were at that time. But just reading this article, my impression was maybe at that time the Masons were just um, skilled builders. They didn't necessarily need to work with stone. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, tell me. So, so tell me about about the well, this. Uh... Anyway, this article goes into apparently where the you know the, the what the Statue of Liberty really is based on. Um, and that's in there, that's in air quotes, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, liberatus, liberatus. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, the name of an ancient Roman goddess adopted by the Romans, perhaps as early as fifth century BC. And certainly by the fourth century BC. She was referred to as the goddess of personal freedom and liberty. In fact, Liberatus means freedom. So liberty means freedom. The two names describe the one concept we call liberty, freedom, and freedom equals liberty. So apparently that's, um, the basic idea. And they show a picture of a statue of Liberatus next to the Statue of Liberty. And there are similarities. You know, there's no doubt about that. The torch and everything. Um, so, then it goes into taking it apart kind of weirdly, but that's not too surprising for this. Um, da, 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 let's see if I can find all this stuff. Yeah, that's one of the problems. Some of these uh, yeah, articles, this, this one so might be much. this one. Yeah, this one might have, we, we might have had to condense it, but the idea somehow they, they, they round this back to, um, Ishtara and Ishtara, they, you know, they connect to Babylon and, you know, and, and they, and they connect it back to the first prostitutes, which I call bullshit on because I imagine prostitute was happening before, you know. Before. <laughs> well, they they do call it the old prostitute for a reason. Exactly, yeah. But I don't know. There, there were key pieces in here that I really enjoyed, like this idea that they were um, to purify yourselves. You would go and have sex with it with a priest or, or a priestess. And, uh, and of course you would pay them to do that. So they're in there. Therefore, that was the first incidence of prostitution. That sounds right. like that sounds pretty so, apocryphal. It does well. I I, I kind of uh, skimmed through this. Um, didn't quite get to the end. What what exactly was their point about all this? Like, uh, okay, some so, sort of conspiracy to, for for what purpose? Okay, well, so, basically, um, read the conclusion. The, the, the symbolic nature yeah. of the conclusion what at the end. Let me scroll. Yeah, the, down. yeah. There's a conclusion. Just read. You know, skip to the the end of the cliff notes and. Uh, Ah, here we go. Okay. There are just too many coincidences when we compare the characteristics in the scriptures relating to the woman called Mystery Babylon, mother of harlots, with that of Ishtar of Babylon and the Statue of Liberty. What we conclude, the Statue of Liberty is the woman being described in Revelation 7 and 18, and especially 17, 4 through 5, 9, and 18, 7, along with Isaiah 47, 1 through 15. We say this because we know that the Statue of Liberty is actually the artist-slash-sculpture's vision of Ishtar, the goddess of Babylon. This makes the Statue of Liberty the largest idol ever made by human hands. Is it any wonder that our congressional lawmakers seem so perpetually screwed up? <laughs> <laughs> the references 
To Mystery of Babylon, Mother of Harlots is referencing Ishtar, the Mother of Harlots of Babylon, and her mystery doctrines, such as salvation by sex for money. There are numerous other statues of other pagan deities in the U.S. Capitol building and around the nation's capital city. America is indeed the Mystery of Babylon of Revelation 17 and 18. So this, uh, uh, I've, I've heard this claim yeah. before that basically America was portrayed the Bible and they use, you know, revelations to show that. Okay, but you know, even if it's true that uh, the Statue of Liberty was based on this character, the this, uh, uh, what's the name of, uh, Lib- Mystery of Babylon, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> even, even if that was true, so fucking what, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, nobody looks at that statue, it, like it says, like, um, nobody looks at that statue and then gets in their mind suddenly the idea of uh, pagan de- deities and starts worshiping pagan, pagan deities because of the Statue of Liberty. Well, I'd like to know how this impacts con- Congress. Salvation by to... sex for yeah, <laughs> mystery doctrine such as salvation by sex for money. It's like <laughs> people aren't looking at the Statue of Liberty and thinking, oh, yeah. you got to get s- salvation by sex for money. So well, this is why we've elected so many Republicans to Congress. Apparently. No. Yes, now it all makes sense. No, but I, what I like this, I like this beginning. There are just too many coincidences when we compare the characters of the scriptures relating to the woman called the Mystery of Babylon, the mother of the, of the Harlot, and yada, 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 yada. There are too many coincidences. Yes, when you manu- when you are manufacturing all of the coincidences by hand, yes, there's going to be a lot of them. But if you're manufacturing them by hand, at least they're going to be craftsmen. There's going to be craftsmanship. <laughs> exactly, right, exactly. At least they'll be craftsmanship. But the, the, it goes on talking about, you know, the, 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 the thorns and, and all of this and all this symbolism. I mean, it goes, I mean, it's, it's so contrived. I mean, to get to, 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 it, to believe all of their connections is like, man, the, the original author said none of this. And so even if you can make all those connections, it doesn't make any of them true. Well, there's so many symbols people look Wait. for. You know, yeah, they and- see symbolism where it's not there. And they ignore the fact that what it symbolizes to people now is actually more important than what the symbols ever meant before that. Exactly. Who the fuck cares what, <laughs> <laughs> what you might be able to, you know, put together from, you know, but an ancient Roman goddess or Babylon, Babylonian goddess or whatever is going on here. It, it doesn't mean that to people anymore. People, it, the Statue of Liberty doesn't mean that kind of thing to people. Right. <laughs> Just to this one guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's absurd to put in all this meaning. Uh, and we see this all the time. And it really gets stupid because it's like they're, they're trying too hard to find meaning and secret stuff hidden in everything. And you take something um, like the Statue of Liberty, which, like we're saying, has a very unique symbolism today. It doesn't matter what the hell it, um, the guy who built it thought he was secretly hiding into it over a hundred years ago. It's the symbolism it has today that's significant. No one's worshipping it as a pagan goddess. Ian, are you implying cultural evolution? Because I think that <laughs> that's not biblical. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the biblical scholars quite often ignore the idea of cultural evolution, but they don't like evolution in general. So, Right, but they did apparently like harlots. <laughs> Who doesn't? Oh, when you say biblical scholars, I, I assume you mean like the real, the the fundamentalists who call themselves scholars. Like William not Lane the Craig. the actual people who study the Bible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. People with, you know... Credentials. No, yeah, not them. No, we're talking about people like William Lane Craig. 
Klingenschmidt. Klingenschmidt, yeah. And Brian <laughs> Fisher. And what's Pastor Manning? My favorite Pastor. Pastor Manning. Is that your favorite pastor? He's my favorite pastor now. And obviously Eddie yeah. Lee, the guy, Eddie L, the guy who wrote this, you know, well, now, definitely. Here's Eddie L's credentials because I was just skimming through that. He is the founder and owner of World Truth TV. This website is dedicated to educating and informing people with articles on powerful and concealed information from around the world. I have spent okay, the last. So he's a professional conspiracy theorist. Exactly. Yes. For <laughs> over 30 years researching Bible history, secret societies, and symbolism. To and reveal that, and, the concealed information. He has over, he has 3,504 posts on this. You could, yeah, there's more stuff that you've included here on this, but you know, it, it's, it's really weird. They've got that these guys have got this thing with concealed symbols. It's like, okay, there's a concealed symbol. Who cares? What's a, what's a symbol going to do? <laughs> a symbol can do anything, but. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, 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 the, the idea that it has power. No one's worshiping it, the Statue of Liberty. As if it was what he's saying it is, which is what makes it completely irrelevant. It's you know, th- th- does the existence of uh, um, archaic idol have power if no one's actually giving it any? If, if everyone's giving it, you know, it has a whole different um, feel about what it represents. You know, it, it's silly. Well, and he's claiming that the outcome is that congressional lawmakers are perpetually screwed up. I'm so curious about what he means by that. Because he doesn't give any particular. I mean, I don't disagree that they're screwed up, but I want to know what he thinks. I think that you're missing the connection here that we have created the biggest idol and we're referring to idle hands and we know what idle hands lead to. (laughs) There you go. No, the Statue of Liberty is a gateway to hell. That's what they're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Which definitely has an interesting connotation. Is the Statue of Liberty basically some sort of spiritual force that's messing with people's minds without people knowing about it? Uh, Yes, obviously. (laughs) Only Eddie L. can crack the code here. (laughs) Now, of course, going off... Robert Langdon says it. Of course, going off of the ideas of looking for... Um, meaning and symbolism that's not there. I think that's a perfect segue into Brian's. Yeah, so I have the stunning 9-11 conspiracy behind Anna Kendrick's Pitch Perfect. And if I don't know if any of you have watched Pitch Perfect. I have I not. watched the video for Cups. <laughs> I enjoyed Pitch Perfect, but I did not make this connection. But when I watched this video, everything became clear. Because you notice... That when Anna Kendrick, when they go to their first competition, is it any coincidence that their first competition would happen in New York? I mean, come on, of all places, <laughs> nothing like that ever happens in New York. You know what I found most compelling was that there were nine men who oh. performed before they did in the shape of an airplane. And then there were 11 women dressed as stewardesses. I mean, is is there anything more compelling? And then the anagram, you know, oh. Oh, their names right. at the end? Exactly. Oh. And then, you know, um, you know, the the whole Taib reference where where the the song where she's saying where's um it's off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> what was the Taib reference? Oh, I can't remember. There it was, was like this, the letters rearranged. So, exactly. So they turned something backwards and then oh it's Turn Taib. the beat around. That's turn what the, it was. Right. And when you turn beat around, she's oh, oh she yeah. must be literally <laughs> saying turn beat around. And when you turn beat around 
but it is it is the perfect i mean it's so it's you know it's it's what six minutes and it's exactly the way that this other stuff that i mean this other stuff is way more convoluted right but this is it's pretty clear you know that the way that they they, they you know any stretch that they could make to some make some sort of reference you know they were they went back and did it and of course they cherry picked the whole movie to just take the pieces that they could work into their video it's so awesome because yeah, it's, it's such brilliant. a beautiful video presentation of how you might make these really convoluted and tenuous connections between things and, and claim conspiracy. It's just hilarious. And, and the way that it cuts off the end is like it makes this last thing and it's just like, that's it. I know. <laughs> it's like, that's wait, Jack. wait, is Ajax that it? Sounds like hijack. <laughs> there you go. And that's it. It's done. That was it. <laughs> It really, it's hilarious to watch. I watched it a couple times. Yeah. It's so funny. But it, I mean, it is, I mean, it is very much, it equates to what these people are doing, these, you know, ridiculous connections that they're trying to make. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Okay. So is this one you're talking about, this article, is it supposed to be tongue in cheek? I am assuming it's on, it's off of Slate. I don't know who made the video. Um, let's see. Oh. The way he introduces it about how he's watching a different video about um See, now I can't remember. I, I looked up the guys who made it and they are a, a you know comedy group. Okay. It's hilarious. He when he talks about the um the hidden messages yeah, yeah, yeah. in the shining. I can't remember the name now. It's the what is it the uh Cook Street Productions? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, they're a comedy group. The yeah, guys they, that, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely tongue in cheek. It's satirical. Yeah. But it's brilliant. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's really well done. And it, it, it's done exact same way of, of kind of the articles we were just going over. You know, looking for bizarre symbolism and having connections that don't quite make sense. But you know. somebody's birthday was on September 11th. <gasps> Therefore, yep. oh yeah, no, the whole day. So and and so when they're they're doing their auditions, everybody else is singing a Kelly Clarkson song, and and of course Kelly Clarkson is American Idol and. And the 9-11 attacks happened while America was idle. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry Connick Jr. is a uh, a judge on American Idol. That's right. And his birthday, I think, maybe is the 9-11. Yeah, his birthday is September 11th. Yes, of whatever. I'm starting to get convinced. I know, right? <laughs> How can you miss the message, Mac? Oh, man. Did, you guys right see the, did you guys see the image I just sent you? Uh, I'll have to look. Okay. <laughs> nice yeah so we didn't do the dollar bill one but yeah connecting that to disney that's cool oh i have i've never heard the 666 one out within walt disney but okay see oh my god that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah uh, there it is you have to post that link in the show notes that's great yeah we'll, we'll post that link in the show notes for sure <laughs> uh what and lose our disney sponsorship well, I, I, I tell so. you what, we, we, we put our toes into Mike Bowler territory and I certainly hope that, uh, you know, that he's not offended by our half-assed approach to this stuff because he, he's, he's very diligent and we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never claimed to be, so. <laughs> I claim to be dilettante. Dilettante. <laughs> oh, you it said would... diligent. Yeah, never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be fun to have him on though and like pick a conspiracy to have him kind of walk us through how you would figure out all of the um, fallacies. I think the Anna Kendrick 9-11 conspiracy is right. You know, that's what he should walk us through. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, we should send that to him. 
I'm sure he'd love to be on the show. I, you know what? I really want to have, we need, we need to have him on the show. And I, and I want to, yeah, we need to make some, some connections, but, um, with the other members of the Dumbass Media Network. But like I said at the beginning, we are the proudest member. Yeah. Your, your proudometer is off the scale. Exactly. Right. <laughs> we are not the members that you are proudest of. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, that, that too is probably true. <laughs> we're the ones he hangs around with. Yeah, exactly, right? What does that say about him? <laughs> He's slumming it. He's you slumming it. <laughs> you tell that to the uh, no religion required people. We're the proudest members. They may be a proud member, but we're the proudest. Proudest. I will let them know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is there anything else? No. All right. Say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 License. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.